0: I'm straight off a of slump. A crazy motherfucker named Nipsey. I'm turned up, cause I grew up in the 60s. Caution, took you rap, niggas tryna diss me. I go ahead. That's why your bitch wanna flip me. Big guns, nigga, turn rivals into rosaries, extended clips. I give a fuck who you supposed to be. Straight off the block, I sold rope to buy groceries. Now it's rap money, no advances, all royalties. Nigga, you can follow me It's fuck bitches, get money Keep some hollow heads logically And I'm for where how my side boosts the economy Pay taxes to these corners And putting their work as a policy It's white chalk on the corners It's yellow tape on the gates Choppers up above, that's cuz of tiny run the streets where I'm from Small uh, introduction to this Nipsey hustle music. use it Us your bitches That's the way that we do it you First get your bride on mm-hmm. Then get your shine on mm-hmm. you getting dollars like the doctor, but you gang bang Yeah, it's hustle in the house, yeah It's hustle in the house Blue rag, ass hat, gold on my neck fat Gun case, catch stacks, neighborhood I rep that Shoot first, ass last, move, work fast, cash, blind hurts, tip that, squabble with you, get mad And in my lifetime, I seen a lot of death A couple cold nights, it looked like it was nothing left But God got me, so I got it tatted on my flesh Johnson. Nigga, you ain't heard shit yet, Cutty, copy, copy. Hustle Rob, Tiny Draw, Dippin' Stone When he come home, and baby, we dog, and can't forget my big brother, Black Sam Just a young hood good, nigga, with a million dollar plans a <laughs> small introduction to this Nipsey hustle music That's money and bitches, that's the way that we do it First get your bride on, and get your shine on Then come through daytime with the lights on Now hit the fast lane let your chain swing. You getting dollars like a doctor, but you gang gangbang. Yeah. Let's hustle in the ass. Yeah. Hustle in the hell. Look, I came from nothing So every other rappers Say the speculation Real banger gun clapper Silence Hit the opposition with the Mac I'm turning in the candles On the curb over blood black. Fuck rest in peace shirts, nigga Where your guns at? Hit them been two weeks And we ain't seen no get back Type of shit, it's that Yo, Crippin', it's whack You ain't poppin', you ain't turfed up, nigga You off dead, deck I promise I'll be out urban with the pump Gooned up Black hoodie on chopper in a trunk Ready to hop out and do my motherfuckin' stuff 6-0, nigga, that's what's up, huh? It's just a small introduction to this Nipsey hustle music Cause money and bitches, that's the way that we do it First get your bra on, then get your shine on then come through daytime with the lights on Now hit the fast lane, and let your chain swing You gettin' dollars like the doctor, but you gangbang Yeah, let's hustle in the house Yeah, hustle in the ass.
1: what's up everybody you know what time it is this is never out of bounds and this is your host elder ma we're gonna get the start of your week going and we're just gonna talk a little bit about uh some trump you know we talk about this a lot but recently he was in helsinki finland and i'm pretty sure a lot of you guys already know he met up with putin and basically said um i have no problem with this man he's basically my friend um you know he has nothing to do with of course the uh the election issues that we had he's a trustworthy guy so on and so forth and basically they both did their job of putting down uh the left the left-wing media some more of that talk and You know, like I said before, I feel like both sides of the media, whether it be conservative or liberal, do play their games. However, um, what we do know for a fact is that the elections in some way or another were interfered with and the information that was obtained was done so in a legal fashion. That's why the people are in trouble now. Do I think that Putin knew anything about it? I'm positive he did because there's going to be and I'm going to go be go with the obvious because of his connection with Trump, their closeness, their, you know, ability to call each other friends and their ability to, you know, kind of try to wash this situation away. uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to put two and two together. I could be wrong, but, you know, I feel as though, you know, they definitely got something going on. And, you know, to be honest with you. I kind of see where Trump—not to say that I agree with him—I understand that I understand where he's coming from, because the information that was revealed had everything to do with the Democratic Party, had nothing to really do with the Republicans. Didn't really expose anything on their on their end, so it was more just an expose about the Democrats. So why would that? Why would Trump necessarily be against that? You know, that pretty much helped him win the election. No, I, I, I not, I don't like the way in which the information was gathered, and I don't like. The fact that it was somebody foreign doing it, uh, I feel like if uh I feel like if the FBI had something, I feel like if the CIA felt like they needed to get involved and they should have did that. However, the FBI, I believe it was uh, at the time it was Mr. Comey, James Comey, that was involved in the, the original investigation. Uh, they came back and they really didn't find anything on Hillary Clinton. Now, these Russians claim that they have all this information or, they, you know, the Russians were able to, you know, hack into this information. And I think that's very crucial because if they can hack into the Democratic Convention, I'm pretty sure they can hack into anything, um, anything pertinent. So I think that's just the the uh, start of something different. Uh, This is a cold. This is going to be a cold cyber war. And it's not going to be just with the Russians. If we keep messing around with these terrorists and everything, it might be something with China, too. I think this is going to be, you know, we're getting to a stage where the bloody con- conflicts, we don't necessarily want those. It's, more, But it's definitely still playing cash grabs, still playing political games. This is not that much different than the 40s, in all honesty. I just but the war, War aspect, I think that's. Um, a little bit of fear, I think that's a little bit of an extreme But I definitely believe that there's definitely factions going on Even within these so-called power structures And I think Trump and Putin is trying to create their own Um, They're looking at the other countries, uh, especially in the, the EU uh, That are ran so much differently, politically, economically, so on and so forth And to be honest the and to be honest, Putin himself, Vladimir Putin himself, does not like the liberal ideals of the West. And uh, if 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 you've ever seen one of his speeches, was one of his more recent recent speeches. I want to say it came out about twenty sixteen, and he's basically addressing pretty much the world and pretty much uh, telling them, you know, that he would want to create. It's I would say in, in so many words, a conservative Christian, you know, type uh, situation. And, you know, that means that it screws a lot of people's beliefs that, uh, you know, that's not that's very contrary to what we've been seeing so far in this country, what we're used to. And if you look at how his country is ran, it's a lot different. And I, don't, I wouldn't I I would hate to be the person to tell you that, you know. With that influence, this country could be very along the lines, close along the lines of being like that, and I don't think that that's necessarily what we need at this point. That is not that just like um, the 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 fear tactic amongst the conservatives was, oh well, Hillary and the left wing, they're just gonna they're just gonna sell us out to the banks, the world banks, and we're gonna be a puppet, la 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 la. And to be honest with you, I don't. But which. Whether or not that that's true, we don't know because he wasn't elected. We don't get to see it. But we do get to see the Republican guy shaking hands with a former quasi ally and for a long time a frenemy. And um, we've seen him shaking his hands after, he's, after his countrymen interfered with our election process. That says a lot to me. I, if I was, if I was Putin, just as a, as a, as a gesture of good faith, I'd prosecute the goddamn guys myself, just so you, I would put that out there, like, hey man, I'm not with that. I don't think that you know your election process should have been rigged, but he was in on it, of course. Now you guys can get to see it, but you're gonna have your people saying, no, that's okay. That's that's pretty much fine. It's much it's, it's far better than what Hillary was gonna have in, in store for us. Maybe, but as long as I saw as far as I'm concerned, it looks like the same thing. In all reality, unfortunately, and um, you know I don't like it. I wouldn't I, if I knew that. Well, I mean, because there's no I guess there's no way. Well, they're doing the investigation, so we'll find out just how involved Putin was or isn't or whatever in all this so we'll find that out soon uh the investigation should be done and definitely there was some foul play and I, I think they both were in on it or if not in on it you know directly definitely what's the word cognizant of it they were aware of it and they didn't do anything to to, to stop it so on that note y'all we're gonna take a quick break break and uh when we come back we're gonna wrap up this world cup i Missed a couple of days. Um it was uh the World Cup final was Sunday. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Just about the final. And then I wanted to go over uh just some all stars, some all star players that I liked, uh some players that you know uh actually took my eye uh took me by surprise i some of these players i've never heard of but i'm learning as i go so we're gonna talk a little bit about that and kind of what that was like for me uh being the first time that i've you know really watched it and if you got into it for the first uh first time really and then we got some nfl news too uh we got some some issues with your man Le'Veon bell he he isn't too happy right now but we'll be right back y'all all right, y'all, we are back, and like I said, we're gonna get into this uh, World Cup one last time. Uh, just go one more, go over one more recap. And the finals were on Sunday, and France was able to come out against Croatia for it for the two, and this was their first World Cup since 1998. Now, I had to watch the game again to get a little feel for it. And uh, to me, it pretty much ended how a final game is supposed to end. I feel like the better team won, and they made the plays when it counted. Now, France in total only uh, only took seven shots. However, they made the most of it, and they also only had 34% of of possession. But they made the most of it. Uh, Six of their shots were on target, and like I said, they scored uh, four points. So that's pretty good efficiency. Now things got a st- uh, things got started off at the 18th minute of the first half when Antoine, uh, Antoine Griezmann, excuse me, was given a penalty kick. Now, he was helped by Mario Mandusic from Croatia that pretty much uh headed the ball into the goal, pretty much at the last second kind of tipped the ball in there. So France went up 1-0. Then everything got tied up uh when Ivan uh Perisic uh got a- got involved at the 28th minute. Was able to tie the game up. Now he's also been all over the place during the cu- uh, during the cup. Uh, he's been involved at least on six goals overall, and then also he's uh, contributed on some uh, assists as well. Now um, to end the first half, Antoine Griezmann got another penalty kick at the thirty-eighth minute. So France went up two to one in the second half. Now this is uh, the first final to ever reach three goals by halftime. Now, I've never, well, I think this is the second, this is actually, yeah, I think the second World Cup final I ever remember seeing, I think I remember seeing '06 when 06 when, the, uh, yeah, Italy won, I was into it then, but I haven't watched it really since then, but this is the second one I've seen, and this was pretty much exciting, like I said, like I, like they said, this is the first to reach three goals, and You know, goals are, you know, exciting to see in soccer. At least to me, I I get excited by them. But uh, the second half started off uh, with at the 58th minute with Paul Pogba getting the goal. And then also um, at the 65th minute, France uh, closed it off with another goal at the 65th minute. I'm sorry, from uh, Killian. um, I can't pronounce that. Make a B. I can't. mm, These French names are getting to me. But. You get those of you who know, know how to pronounce it. I don't. I'm sorry. I have to work on it. But um, <clears throat> as for Croatia, they were they were able to get two goals. They got a goal for Mario Mandusix around the 69th minute, but it wasn't enough. And France was able to win four two. Now this was the first time a team has scored four goals since 1970. It was Brazil. So uh, it was a pretty good game in my opinion. I was excited the whole time. I was rooting for France, and for the first time, I was right. This whole tournament, I was right. So I wanted to just go over uh, some some uh, some dope players that I saw throughout the uh, throughout the cup. Just giving them a little shout out. Now I'm gonna go through the offensive players real quick. Now you know Chris uh, Cristiano Ronaldo got off pretty much from Portugal. The four, the four, excuse me, from Portugal got four goals, and pretty much. Uh, now, his team didn't make it so far, but again, you know, just being who he is, the world-class superstar, he pretty much showed up. He still showed up even though his team didn't. Then you got uh, Lukaku uh, Romello from Belgium. He also got four goals, but he did it on 13 shots. I thought that was pretty efficient. And I think pretty much, uh, I think six of those were wrong targets. So he's pretty efficient. And then you also got Cherisev Dennis from Russia at the home team. Uh, he's a midfielder. He also got. Uh, four goals as well but he got it on 12 shots and 7 of those were on target so we had some pretty official uh pretty official and efficient players this year as well and then also you had uh, Eddie Hauser as he has it from uh belgium as well who not only I think you uh, not only got three goals probably got about almost three I think yeah about two assists as well so he was all over the place and then i wanted to go over uh my opinion uh, some of the top performers overall, and uh, one of them was uh, Henry Kane, the striker, I believe it was, yeah, striker from England, assist goals overall, that's the highest amount in the World Cup offensively dope. Um, all over the place again. And uh my favorite player, uh, we're gonna end this all up and I want to talk about my personal favorite player, uh, this whole World Cup, Antoine Griezmann from France, midfielder. He did it everywhere, he was everywhere he needed to be. Um, he got four goals, also two assists, and two points in the final, two points coming off penalty kicks. So he came up when it when he really needed. And uh going back and just when I was going back and just looking up scores and going through the stats of every game and the timelines and just watching the games again. Uh, Antoine Guzman continuously stuck out next to Henry Kane, but I definitely like Antoine Griezmann because, like I said before, he was a constant, the consummate team member uh, in on some assists, crucial assists throughout the games, throughout the tournament. So definitely one of the better players that I come uh, got a chance to get to know, get a chance to see. I personally was excited watching the World Cup. I don't see why they do it every four years. I I would love to potentially it, it to be two because four years is too long. I got to see these players at least every two. That was pretty dope. That was an exciting experience. I can't wait. Now, we're going to get into the NFL. And like I said, we got some drama. Now, Le'Veon Bell has decided to turn down his uh pretty much Pittsburgh's final offer worth uh 70 million bucks over the next 5 years. This would be the highest contract, um the highest salary for any running back in uh, the NFL by at least 6 million. Now, Le'Veon on the other hand actually wants about 17 million bucks a year. Now he was now I think a lot of this has to do with pretty much his guaranteed money because he was guaranteed thirty-three million through his first two years, but subsequently for the last three he there were no real guarantees and it might be likely that his last couple of years he'd be getting paid significantly less a year, I think around 13. Uh, I think it was thirteen seven, 5 something like that, a year, instead of the 14, I believe, anyway. So, they, like I said, there was no real guarantees. And at this rate, he's more than likely uh, to become an, a free agent next year, although he's basically saying he doesn't even want to play in the preseason or do at least the first couple of games of preseason. And uh, he doesn't really want to participate in training camp. So we'll see how that goes. Um... I, at this point, I don't think he wants to play for them. I've said it before. And I'm I'm going to say it again, I think, with all the issues. Don't get me wrong. I understand, especially at the running back position, they only got a short uh, shelf life anyway. You want to make as much money as you can because you're going to be taking the biggest, you know, the most damage to pretty much all the players out there. So I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, you're already getting paid more than the other running back in the league. $33 million, you know, guarantee out of seventy million. That might not be the biggest number you want, but it's definitely thirty-three million guaranteed after two years. I don't know. Um, you know, I can't. You know, say. You know, I can't really speak too much on what another man should want in terms of his lifestyle, in terms of his money. But I, I definitely don't think. I definitely. You know, through the course of seeing him, and this whole, uh, this whole offseason and off season before this is not the first time he's talked about wanting a new contract wanting a bigger contract I, I, I honestly think at this point he might just not want to play for this specific team anymore and that happens you know you grow out of it and uh, you want something new and I think he's to that point now he's figured he can he's accomplished what he can as a player in terms of the numbers he knows he can play I think the league knows he can play and he's banking on If 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 Pittsburgh decides they're not going to, you know, renegotiate and give him something that he wants, I think he figures he's at a point where, you know, he can definitely take his skills after next year, uh, especially if he has a good year, doesn't get injured and take his skills and parlay those into a bigger contract. And I have no problems with that. Do I think he gets it if he has if he if he's an MVP next year or all pro candidate? More than likely, yeah, pro ball at least, and I think maybe why not. But if he if he suffers an injury, it's a wrap. Yeah, and with all the stuff he's putting out there and just not really wanting to really play, teams look at that stuff too. They understand that you know they they looking at his numbers and they do they do understand he's one of the top running backs. But they do look at the process that you're taking the current team your current team with as well, and that goes into whether or not they really want to sign you. Now, another um, news for the NFL. Uh, Randy Gregory, the defensive end uh, that was drafted by the by the Cowboys a few years back, he will he has been reinstated by uh, reinstated by the NFL on a conditional basis. Um, like I said, he was suspended all of last year for violating the NFL substance abuse policy. He had issues with this in college, not pretty much affected. Was a re, uh, pretty much affected his draft stock as well. Now, at this point in time, he can participate in mini camp, the team meetings and workouts, conditioning workouts. Now, after periodic testing and getting through all that, he'll eventually be able to, you know, participate in uh, team practices, um, over uh, during the, during the regular season. And eventually he'll be able to suit up and play. Now, this is good. I think this is pretty much some good news for the Cowboys. This is another pass rusher for them. Uh, they'll put him next, next to Demarcus Lawrence uh, or, you know, maybe on the other side. Excuse me. And it should be – it might be a solid one-two punch if they're able to get him in there. He's going to have to stay on the straight and narrow. You know, there's a lot of players that haven't been able to get right. Josh, uh, Josh Gordon, one of them, you know, stayed a lot of time out of the league. And uh, the big question is, especially at – you know, he's a bigger guy. He's a defensive lineman. Does he still in shape? Is he still in football shape? So that's gonna be the biggest question. I don't see why not. He was definitely an athlete coming out of school. So um, the question is can he stay on the straight and narrow? Can he stay out of trouble? And if he can, look out. I mean, well, at least they have another pass rusher. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be great, but they definitely have the Cowboys definitely have another pass rusher. All right, my people. We're gonna take another quick break. We'll be right back, and we're going to have some uh, basketball news and some uh, MLB news as well, some scores. Well, we'll be right back, y'all.
0: Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard.
2: Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. Work, 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 work. All in my brain, nigga Go watch go chain, nigga Hundred thousand champagne, nigga Yeah, my money insane, nigga Yeah, I'm making it rain, nigga But I was just on a plane, nigga Buying gear, flying here Fuck what you heard, it's my time of year Uh, uh, If I'm in the club, I get a hundred stacks I'm always rolling up so I can love for that Them niggas stole my swag, but I don't want it back My nigga, uh, I was on this, but now I'm on to that You see it in my closet for it's on the rack Was out there in the white, now I'm going back My nigga, uh, uh I got so much money, I should start a bank. So much paper right in front of me, it's hard to think. Buy so many bottles, it's gonna be hard to drink. But I'm still growing up, and my family here, and they rolling out, so uh. Shit. Get your own cars, get your own clothes, get your own smoke, get your own bitch You ain't rapping my game, get your own click The bigger the bill, the harder you fall Well I'm throwing mine Cause my money low The quicker you're here, the faster you go That's your job And niggas gon' hate but that's no prob So hey fuck them, don't need nothing from them. Some niggas talking but the shit they claiming don't mean nothing It's straight from Cali, that's what's in my joint, that's what I'm puffin'. OG And been one since I was young enough to know that everybody was gonna know me Most niggas don't see The bigger the bill, the harder you make.
1: All right, y'all, we are back, and we're going to finish this up for tonight. I got some uh, NBA news here. The Cavs have decided to release Kendrick Perkins. The 33-year-old big man was signed on the last day on the regular season but did not play throughout the playoffs. He is basically there. Uh, as a locker room presence now he also played for the cast in 2015 as well as their g-league team the cannon charge he also played for okc and was a member of the 20 uh the 2008 uh boston celtics that won the nba title at this point it looks like it might be the tail end of his career. I haven't seen too much of anything about a market, you know, in terms of any interest in terms of signing him or anything like that. So it looks like he might that might be the end of everything for Kendrick Perkins. Now, uh, also, we got Jalil Okafor. The 611 center is uh, still a free agent, but he has been working out for four teams in Vegas recently, including the Bulls and the Pacers who have expressed interest. Um, he played for the next and 76ers last year, and he's the number one pick in 2015. However, last year, he only averaged about six points and almost three rebounds in 26 games with Brooklyn. Um, again, he didn't play too much with um, the 76ers. I think he only had one appearance for them. And I think the biggest knock on him... At least offensively, is that he's pretty much an under the basket type big man. He can't stretch the floor floor, and he can't really shoot. Uh, He can definitely rebound, uh, but then I think he's also suffered with some injuries over the past couple years as well. So that's held him back. Hopefully, he'll find a spot this year and and be able to, uh, you know, do something, you know, to to kind of. uh, Offset, you know what people have said, and kind of, you know, the word that's out 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 about him. I'm not too sure uh, who picks him up at this time, though. But it looks like it might be be between the Bulls and the Pacers. Finally for NBA news, uh, we got the Sac- uh the Sacramento Kings in here. Now they traded guard Garrett Temple for Ben B- uh McLemore and center uh, De- De- uh, Deontay uh Davis for a future first uh future second round pick in cash. And this was with uh Memphis by the way. Now McLemore uh was already a 7th round overall pick for Sacramento in 2013. He also spent 4 years with them uh About four years, yeah. And last year, like I said, he played with Memphis. Uh, Last year, he averaged 7.5 rebounds and 2.5 assists. In his career, he averaged about nine points, a little under nine points. As far as uh, Garrett Temple goes, he's averaged five and a half points, two rebounds. And Davis, uh, he averaged five points as well and four rebounds. So it looks like Sacramento's trying to make moves. Um... They already got somebody they're comfortable with they they worked with before, so we'll see how far it goes. I'm not too sure, but um definitely they're on the move. Now uh, we got some MLB news as as well, and it looks as though the Dodgers have acquired the third uh top pro uh top third baseman. Uh, Manny Machado. Now, the deal with the Baltimore Orioles also includes a young uh, outfield prospect by the name of Usanel Diaz. Uh, the 21 year old Diaz has uh, recently scored two home runs in the rookie all star game and is currently averaging uh, 314, six home runs, 30 RBIs, and double uh, A Tulsa. And he's currently the number one prospect with the Dodgers. So, it looks like a on the surface as of right now it looks pretty much like a win win. Uh the Dodgers they pretty much get an all-star player that they can plug in right now and that can help them win not only the division, but maybe even, you know, go deep into the playoffs as well. And in terms of Baltimore, they get a young prospect that they can work with that could probably contribute right away, uh, at some point. Depend on it all depends on this development, but he's at double A right now. Which means he's close to being able to at least get some playing time in the Major League. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And uh finally, the All Star game. The MLB All-Star game was today. And the AL won, A six. Now, ten home runs were scored in this in tonight's game. It's the most that's ever happened before. Uh usually uh the it the highest up until now has been six, and that happened a couple times in the fifties, as well as as well as I believe once in the seventies. It all started with a, a home run uh, by Aaron Judge off of Max Serger and uh, in the eighth is when it started to get really interesting. The game was tied two to two, but uh, John Shigura uh home run off of Josh Hader to turn that two and two tie to a five to two lead. Now at the bottom of the night, Scooter Grommet of the Reds. Tied up at five, sending it to extra innings. But in extra innings, uh, two Astros teammates, Alex Bregman and Ross Stripling, had uh, back-to-back home runs, sealing the fate for uh, the National League. Joey Votto was able to get one last uh, score in at, uh, I believe, the bottom of that inning. But it wasn't enough. And the AL, like I said, went 8-6. And Alex Bregman is your MVP. So, it's a pretty decent night in sports. Again, the AL wins another All-Star game. Um, we got some we got some new news with that Manny Machado thing. That's going to be interesting. I was just reading an article talking about why they just might be the favorites to win the World Series now. I'm not too sure again. I I've, I've been around for a minute. I've seen some pretty good Dodger teams on paper, but I have yet to see them win. So, it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out in terms of getting to the playoffs. I don't don't even think that they're leading in the division right now in the West. So they have to be able to do that first. (laughs) First and foremost, we got to take care. They got to be able to take care of business. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, We will have the world on the street like we always do. And I might even have a review for you guys ready. So y'all check back tomorrow. You know how it is. Never out of bounds. Same place. Peace out, y'all. Good night.